So good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Sunday morning here at Essex Church where this community of Kensington Unitarians has its spiritual home. Ours is a community created by all who walk through our doors. If you hear a call to live more creatively, if you hear a call to work with others to make life fairer for all, if you are someone who asks deep questions but perhaps isn't comfortable with easy answers, well, this is a place for you. We value an opportunity like this to turn inwards, to quieten our busy individual selves and, and perhaps to link in with something that is greater than us be that the power of community or the power of the divine. Here in a Unitarian community, we are free to make up our own minds about matters spiritual and religious, but we support one another in that journey. And we support one another in our speaking and our listening, in our education programs, and in our Sunday gatherings here together. I think it's good to remember that we are not here alone in a world that can sometimes seem a bit lonely and fragmented. Yeah, we're work walking our individual path through life, but we're sharing the path. So welcome, welcome to Essex Church and to this part of your journey. So I invite you to take a moment to bring yourself fully into the present. Let's rest for this moment on the forming edge of our lives. Let's resist, just for a while, that headlong tumble into the next moments. Let's claim for ourselves a brief time of stillness and calm amidst the bustle of everyday life. It's good to be here. Welcome, welcome one and all. I've lit the chalice already. It may be one of those Sundays. And we light it every Sunday, funnily enough. And we know it's a symbol of our worldwide liberal religious community of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists. Some of us know as well that this chalice bearing a flame is an ancient and much used symbol. But in its present form, in Unitarian and UU congregations, it was designed only in the 1940s when Unitarians were working to help Europe's many refugees. And they wanted to create a symbol that would let people of all faiths and none know that this organization would help them find safety once more. There is something powerful, isn't there, in a light that shines outwards, welcoming people whatever their creed, nationality, gender, colour, sexual orientation, age, and all the myriad other ways that our brains divide us up. No, this is a message of unity, a liberal flame shining out to our world. Did, um, did any of you go camping as a child? I wonder, do we have camping fans here? Yeah, there's a few, oh, quite a few of us. I, and I don't know which country you were camping in because there was a huge step forward in the world of 
camping equipment back in the 60s here in this country, but we're always a little bit behind with these matters. And that invention, that step forward, was the sewn-in ground sheet, which meant that the whole tent contains you. And very importantly for me as a child, it meant that creepy, crawly insects were more likely to be kept out of the tent. I was extremely sensitive to anything that uh, had multiple legs or multiple wings and biting and stinging equipment. So, happy day when I met a sewn-in ground sheet. So we've got some camping lovers here. Have we got fans of the Sherlock Holmes mysteries? Just a few of us here. So you, you will probably know this story already. It's the story of um, Holmes and Watson going on a camping trip together. And after a good meal, they lay down for the night and went to sleep. And some hours later, Holmes awoke and nudged his faithful friend. And Holmes said, Watson, look up and, t and tell me what you see. And Watson lay there and looked up and he said, I see a fantastic panorama of countless stars. And Holmes said, and what does that tell you, Watson? And Watson pondered for a moment and he said, well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. <clears throat> Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant creatures. Meteorologically, I suspect that we're going to have a lovely sunny day tomorrow. Why, though, said, said Watson, what does it tell you, Holmes? And Holmes was silent for a moment and then he spoke. It tells me that someone has stolen our tent. <laughs> So let's uh, join now in a time of uh, prayer. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to illumine all that we do and say together here today. At the start of Refugee Week, let us pray for all people who have had to leave their homes for any reason. It's hard to imagine what that must be like. But those of us who are blessed with homes of comfort and safety, we can give thanks for the blessings we have. Some of you here this day are far from home. So let us commit ourselves to help all people feel welcome here in our church community. The issue of refugees and displaced people is a concern throughout our world. Let's pray for the the lawmakers and the enforcers who have a difficult task. 
May they be blessed with compassion in their words and their actions. May they never forget that they too might find themselves without a home and in danger at some time. And may our world community find ever new creative ways to help one another to overcome problems that cause people to leave home. Economic uncertainty, hatred and oppression, warfare, hunger, shortage of water. Let's be people who rise to the challenge and keep searching, searching for humane ways to resolve very complex issues. And in our own lives, let us never slip into complacency in our thinking. No, let's rather be ever grateful for that which we have. Ever attentive to the needs of others. Doing what we can, however small, to make this world of ours ever more just, more humane more loving and compassionate. And may this be so for the greater good of all. Amen. I'm going to share quite a long reflection, um, so you might want to settle in and get comfortable. Living creatively, may involve bending and breaking the rules, stepping beyond society's limitations in order to be fully ourselves. Maybe you found yourself pushing against boundaries at times in your life, kicking back against a society which tells us how we ought to live. This year, we're celebrating the fact that it's 100 years since women first gained the vote here in Britain. Back in 1918, an Act of Parliament at long last gave some women a vote, but it had taken 80 years or more of campaigning to achieve this. Those of you who've studied the women's suffrage movement will know that it was only when some women risked their freedom and their lives by taking part in criminal acts and hunger strikes that this long battle was won. For human societies to progress, it does seem that people sometimes have to break the rules, finding creative ways to bring an issue to public attention for debate. Changes in society are sometimes led by a few people who dare to be different and dare to do things differently. As someone who has experienced difficult family circumstances over the years, I'm very grateful to people who show us all that there are many ways to be a family, that loving relationships are not just limited to a woman and a man, or even just two individual people, and that children can be raised happily and healthily by same-sex couples, for example. 
Online shopping for children's books for my granddaughter recently, I saw there are books celebrating all the different sorts of family there can be. I don't know about your experience, but those books weren't around when I was a child and wouldn't even have been printed when I was my granddaughter's age. So I can see how there have been great moves forward. As I was thinking about the topic of living creatively and people who've pushed against society's imposed boundaries, Grayson Perry came to mind. He's a London-based artist who refers to himself as a transvestite, a man who finds pleasure in wearing clothes usually worn by women. This is also known as cross-dressing and is different from identifying as transgender. He is a straight, heterosexual man, married to a woman with a child. But through his enjoyment of wearing women's clothes, and quite flamboyant clothes at that, he is helping to educate us all and helping to change perceptions. For him, his public outings as his alter ego, Claire, is about more than just pleasure. Through it, he explores identity. He writes, I just love dressing up in everything a man is supposed not to be, in all that vulnerability, sweetness, preciousness, and impracticality. And if his words express what men aren't meant to be, then it highlights what some parts of our society still expect women to be. Although in Unitarian circles, we've ordained women as ministers for over a hundred years, it wasn't until a decade or two ago that female ministers stopped being expected to wear skirts whilst preaching in some parts of this country. And I'm really glad that that's changed. And even